Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. It's the other side of midnight with Frank Morano. Other Side of Midnight presents The Midnight Files. Midnight in the desert, shooting stars across the sky. Magical journey will take us on a ride filled with the longing, searching for the truth. Will we make it till tomorrow? Will the sun shine on you? Midnight in the desert, and we're listening. Ooh, we're listening. To this is The Other Side of Midnight. I'm Frank Morano. I am very, very pleased. You know how much I enjoy discussing all things related to UAPs, UFOs, whatever your preferred three-letter acronym is. And I'm very pleased to tell you we have the guest that is probably the number one guest in America as an authority on that subject. He is a podcaster and documentary filmmaker who has released the most recent round of UFO videos and uh, which has and who has released previous UFO videos that the Pentagon has confirmed as authentic. Every time you see UFOs in the news, chances are it's because it had something to do with a story that was broken or at least covered by Jeremy Corbell. Jeremy, it's great to talk with you. Thanks for taking the time to join me. Yeah, Frank, thanks for having me on again. Good to hear your voice. So uh, you're doing a podcast now, Weaponized, with, uh, with George Knapp, who's sort of a, a legend when it comes to being a journalist covering this thing. Uh, this is a, a very different format than what you're used to, uh, videos, filmmaking, documentary, uh, document, documentary stuff. But you're doing great with it. I enjoy listening to it. I listened to two episodes today. How are you finding doing a podcast as opposed to the video medium? Yeah, it's excellent. Actually, we are releasing a video with the podcast almost every other time so people can can actually watch the conversations, which which I love, the visual medium as well. But the cool thing about the podcast and, and why we decided to do Weaponized is because we can instantaneously every week just release cases that we're working on that normally you'd have to wait a long amount of time to get them out through the film uh you know, medium or through mm. television. So the podcast is really immediate. Every week we can be breaking news. And uh, it's very effective. I want to talk to you about a bunch of different things, as many as we have time for. But uh, one story that you did on a recent edition of Weaponized has to do with Harry Reid. A lot of people remember him as the former Senate Majority Leader. 
and the emergence of AAWSAP, a secretive UFO investigation. Now, Harry Reid was very open talking about this stuff, particularly after he retired. But while he was in the Senate, he was very, very active in getting funding for things like ATIP and different UFO exploration programs. And the fact that Area 51 is in his home state of Nevada, I'm sure played a, a role as well. If this is the first time people are hearing about AAWSAP. Tell us what it is. Sure, yeah. So that stands for AWSAP, Advanced Aerospace Weapon System Applications Program. It's a mouthful, but check this out. The New York Times did this story about UFOs, and everybody heard about it. This was in 2017. UFOs are real, and the government is now studying them. That was news because it was Project Blue Book in 1969 where the government said, we stopped studying UFOs. Well, it turns out that wasn't true. So what people don't know is that the main program that Senator Harry Reid created through the black budget was called AWSAP. And that program that we just that I just said the acronym for, that one was our government's largest UFO study that we know of of all time. They had 50 full-time employees, hundreds of thousands of cases that they looked at back into history. So people confused it with the New York Times article saying it was a tip, which was a completely mm. different thing. It, it, it happened after the OSAP program. Look, it, it doesn't really matter all of these names of programs. Here's the headline. Your government, the DIA, the Defense Intelligence Agency, and other agencies have been studying the UFO phenomenon generally, generationally. They've been studying them all the way back from 1969 till now. So this is something your government is taking very seriously and for good reason. So just clarify, uh, ATIP versus OSAP, uh, what was the program that Harry Reid funded? It was OSAP, not not ATIP as reported by the New York Times? Correct. The New York Times said that there was $22 million given to a UFO program that they identified as ATIP. The, the problem was that was incorrect. It was OSAP. That was the name of mother program, the big program. However, after OSAP lost its funding, a group of people, including Lou Elizondo, this, this incredible guy mm-hmm. who decided to, to move forward with this research, they founded a group called ATIP, but it wasn't funded by the $22 million like the New York Times said. Look, it really doesn't matter to me. The, the main point here is that our government has been actively studying UFOs and for good reason. So that's the difference between OSAP and ATIP. OSAP was the true name of the program that got funded. ATIP was a consortium of people that came together and said, we're going to study just military cases of UFOs. And they did great work, but it wasn't funded with the $22 million. I see. I see. Uh, to the best of your knowledge and based on what your research suggests, is OSAP uh, still active? And if it is, what is it doing? Right. So not under that same name. No. So when that program lost its funding, it dissolved. So that program itself is not happening in the same way we know it now. But I will tell you from my own personal knowledge that there are a multitude of UFO programs in almost every branch of our military right now where where our government is studying UFOs. The thing is, is that the OSAP program became famous and the ATIP program became famous because they were acknowledged. Mm-hmm. However, these studies are ongoing. Everything from biological effects, what they say of close proximity 
to UFOs or to UAPs, when these encounters happen and people get close to them physically, there's often detrimental effects to the human body. And this is well studied by the OSAC group, but also it's being studied now. About a month ago, you made worldwide news and probably quite literally interstellar news with the uh, <laughs> image that you published that showed an unknown object in a, a conflict zone, the so-called Mosul Orb. You've done an episode of Weaponized about it, focused on the, the Baghdad Phantom. It's an image from 2016 of something that looks pretty much like a flying saucer over Mosul in Iraq. What exactly? are we looking at in this image, Jeremy? Right. So what's important about this, so it's called the Mosul Orb. This was contained within a classified briefing. Like a lot of what I have obtained and released to the public, this was verified by the Pentagon that that was part of UFO studies, that it was in these classified audiovisual briefings. And this image is no different. The Mosul Orb was one of the images that our government presented as, hey, these are UFOs. This is what we're seeing. Here is an image of it. And, and in fact, I was able to obtain that and release it to the public. It is not inherently classified. There's no designation on the image itself. So as a journalist, if I receive something like this, and if I vet it, and I am sure that it is within these classified briefings, I can release it because it is inherently unclassified. So what you're seeing in the Mosul Orb is a sphere. It's a metallic sphere that was caught by a reconnaissance plane that was flying over Mosul, Iraq. So I was able to obtain it and release it. The world can now see it. Now, by the way, this image was part of a video and that video does exist. And I am challenging our Pentagon to try to release that to the American public because the American public deserves to see this astounding video. It's just one of many that our government has accumulated under the idea of these are UFOs. They're using this image and this video to teach our armed services. This is what a UFO looks like. And they're trying to educate them for better reporting. Well, I think the American public deserves to see the video. Yeah, I, I would uh, certainly agree. If people want to see the uh, the image and uh, if the the any other of the videos that you uh, that you make available, what's the best place to do that? What's sort of your home base for showcasing images and videos that you've you've come into contact with and you've achieved through your incredible sources? Thanks, man. Yeah. The best place for people to go to is just weaponizedpodcast.com because that's where I'm releasing all of this new information with George Knapp. So we, we have obtained a series of videos and images and all of this will be going out over the next 10 months to the public. Everything we have, we want people to see it, to look at it and to help us to try to understand what it is we're looking at. Mm, it's uh, certainly very interesting. On the Weaponized podcast, you uh, did a really fascinating uh, interview, uh, well, actually really a discussion about the joke that I think a lot of people remember about storming Area 51. It started out as a joke and then it became a uh, sort of a Facebook meme that everyone was going to go down to Area 51 and sort of break into it, to, uh, as they said in the in the Facebook group invite, let's see them aliens. But you actually had a really substantive conversation about it. What did that internet meme, that uh, that chain internet joke, actually become in reality? Yeah, that was pretty incredible. So I had just released recently my film, Bob Lazar, Area 51, and Flying Saucers. It was on Netflix, and this kid watched it. And then he watched a podcast that I did with Joe Rogan. Mm. 
and and Bob Lazar. And so the kid kind of just put up this meme, hey, let's storm Area 51. And we thought it was a joke at first, but all of a sudden, next thing I know, the kid's calling me, the FBI is at his house. It became very dramatic. Over 2 million people said that they were going to go storm Area 51, which is a horrible idea. So, so essentially at that time, it became this thing where, okay, people are going there. Let's try to redirect that energy into something good. And I got to say, a lot of people showed up in Rachel, Nevada, which is on the outskirts of Area 51. And we actually had a really interesting and fun weekend. There was music and, and people came together out of common curiosity. I mean, look, everybody wants to know what's happening in there inside of Area 51. Are there flying saucers like a guy named Bob Lazar told us there were back in 1989 when, when George Knapp broke that story? That was the big question. So it ended up being this event where everybody goes to the area. There were thousands of people. And what really bonded everybody together was this common desire to know what is it that's going on with UFOs? Why has this been kept secret from the American public for so long? Our government is now admitting that UFOs are real. They represent a technology that outpaces, outmaneuvers, and outperforms anything that we've created here in the United States. And anything, it's beyond other nations' ability to create. And that was the big moment when our government admitted that, that we don't know who is operating UFOs? I don't know where UFOs are from. I don't know what they represent to us. But I damn sure know that they're not ours, they're not Chinese, and they're not Russian. So whose are they? Well, I want to follow up on a, a few of those different areas. If people are just tuning in, we're talking with uh, Jeremy Corbell. If you haven't seen that documentary yet about uh, Bob Lazar and, uh, and Area 51, I highly uh, recommend it. In part due to that uh, documentary, Jeremy, you mentioned that young man that started that, uh, that Facebook rush Area 51 thing. There's been a resurgence of in- interest in what's actually at Area 51. Does the evidence suggest, and I know you've done more interviews with Bob Lazar than probably anybody, but does the evidence suggest that there is actually potentially uh, alien craft and maybe even alien bodies of some sort at Area 51? Well, certainly the evidence suggested at one time that we were doing what they call exploitation or reverse engineering programs out at sub-bases of Area 51 that had to do with, they say, non-terrestrial technology, UFOs. Now, if those programs are still being run out of there, I wouldn't know. There seems to be a number of places where they could be run out of, but Area 51 is a very unique base. I mean, it's well-positioned. It's not going away. Projects will continue out there. To this day, they continue out there. Important secret projects, projects that shouldn't be known by the public. I'm not asking for our government to release all the information. But like Bob Lazar said, it's a crime to keep it from the American public and the global public if indeed we have craft from somewhere else, not from Earth, and we've been working on them, which absolutely appears to be the case. No matter how strange that sounds, all the evidence lies in that. We've had people come forward beyond a shadow of a doubt. There's something going on when it comes to reverse engineering UFOs. Now, where that's being done now, I can only guess. 
I'm sure you have heard the the legend of Jackie Gleason and Richard Nixon, which uh, Jackie yeah. Gleason's uh, interest in uh, extraterrestrials and UFOs is well-known, well-documented. He talked about it repeatedly on the radio with people like Long John Nebel and others. And the story goes that Richard Nixon actually took Jackie Gleason to see a flying saucer. Do you believe that that's a true story? Yeah, well, the story goes, he took him and showed him the bodies. Is that what you heard yes, as well? Yes, Yeah, so I think his wife, didn't she talk about this and, and write something about this? I, I don't know the whole lore of it. But yeah, it is my understanding that that is a, a true story. Now, I wasn't there. I wouldn't know for sure. But it does sound something, it does sound like something Nixon would do. Yeah, it, it does indeed. Hey, uh, 20 years ago, this subject was not something that was seriously discussed within the halls of government, at least not publicly. This was limited to uh, science fiction films, late night radio shows, and uh, dime store pulp books, comic books, that kind of a thing. It was not something that serious journalists did, let alone serious politicians. Over the course of the last, especially the last six years, but maybe even a little bit beyond that, we have seen a radical change in the attitude, at least the public attitude, of members of Congress. And you hear members of Congress, Congressman Burkett of Tennessee, people like Senator Marco Rubio, people like uh, Senator Mark Warner, asking for answers, wanting to hold hearings. What do you attribute the change in attitude on the part of Congress to this subject to? Yeah, I've talked to a number of the people that that you just mentioned there, and there is a great interest in getting to the bottom of this. Basically, they know they've been lied to, mm. and I don't think anybody likes being lied to. If you remember back in the day, we, we had the church committee, and it unraveled this whole thing that intelligence agencies were keeping hidden from Congress, and we don't want a repeat of that. So a lot of the people involved in the Senate Intelligence Committee and in Congress and just Senate – they're, they're looking at this and saying, wow, we've been lied to. There are machines that seem to outpace what we have, and we should know from a national security standpoint who's operating these machines. Some of the problems we have is in these conflict zones. A lot of this information is being discarded. It's not putting up the chain of command into an archive and a repository where this can be looked at by scientists because they're not on mission. So the issue is we're discarding this information. Everybody knows if you're in the armed services and dealing with this, that UFOs are something that occur around us all the time. It's increasing in frequency. That is true. So the issue that they're having is they, they think from a national security standpoint, we need transparency. We need to face this head on. So I think you're really seeing Congress and Senate just being fired up that somebody is holding this information and and they're obfuscating the truth from them. And I really hope that their endeavors will succeed. They're really trying to open the books on UFOs. Address the skeptics in our audience. There are going to be a lot of skeptics listening to our discussion that say, look, uh, Jeremy gets to do a podcast about this. He gets to make a lot of very successful documentaries. He has a very successful YouTube channel. And if he were to come out and say that um, that uh, there's no such thing as uh, UAP visitation to our planet from elsewhere and to go along with the accepted conventional wisdom, 
wisdom for the last 30 years, then all of a sudden Jeremy's industry goes away. There are still some people, even with the mountains of photographic evidence, even with the mountains of eyewitness testimony that we've heard from people over the years, there are still some people that just won't believe it, and uh, which confounds me to no end. But I'm asking you, Jeremy, to address the skeptics in our audience. Is there anything that you can say to prove to them that what we both believe is true is in fact the case? You know, it's interesting. People don't understand. I I am more skeptical than than people think. You know, I've heard everything under the rainbow, man. I've, I've heard everybody's story. I am probably more skeptical about what cases are UFO cases and, and what aren't. But if you don't see at this point, if you don't understand that the weight, the volume of evidence is so large, if you don't see that by now, it's because you're, you're willfully ignorant. You don't want to see it. So there's a difference between skepticism, which is good in any particular case, and just like a debunker. You, know, you talk about my industry. The thing is, UFOs have been around a lot longer than I have had a podcast, Mm -hmm. right? And I'm doing a podcast because it's so interesting to me, this mystery, and I I want to learn more. It looks really interesting from the outside, you know, when you're kind of on the outside looking in. The the thing, though, is that for me, this this is passion. I want to know the truth about this. And every time I do a show and every case I get to investigate, I get just a little bit closer to that truth. I don't know what the ultimate truth is, but I I think it's really willful ignorance to ignore the fact that there are machines in our sky that we do not possess the ability to operate. That's the bottom line. And they've been here uh, so much longer than, than, than maybe even radio, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, there are reports going back to the time of uh, of Christopher Columbus. And uh, depending on uh, which sources you believe, maybe even going all the way back to the Bible or even the uh, the ancient Greeks. What have we seen of late in terms of UFO whistleblowers? And again, if people are just uh, tuning in, we're talking with Jeremy Corbell. He did a terrific documentary about Bob Lazar, one of the original Area 51 whistleblowers. But he's far from the only UFO whistleblower, isn't he, Jeremy? Yeah, that's right. So it's a really interesting time. And again, for, for maybe your, your listeners that are, that are not tuned into this, we had the, the National Defense Authorization Act that was signed for 2023. And in that budgeting, in, in that act, there was this whole section that was created for what they call UFO whistleblowers. And, and it's people that have been working in, these, in the capacity of reverse engineering that can come forward and, and break their NDAs and tell what they have been doing. And I happen to personally know and have been in communication with. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com slash audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com slash audio. That's carshield.com slash audio. Numerous individuals who have been part of these programs who have already stepped forward within the mechanisms of our government to testify and and verify that these exploitation programs of non-terrestrial craft, that they do exist and that people have been working in silence 
all the way back, I got to be honest, since the 40s. And that's what's so interesting is that there was once a time when this needed to be held secret, needed to be held quiet because we weren't sure what was going on and we didn't know how to, to reverse engineer these. And if somebody else figured it out before America, before us, we had a big problem. So it was classified at a greater risk, a greater security risk than even our atomic program. But now we're living in a different era. We're living in a, in a new age where it has been admitted that UFOs are real. They've said the basics, but now we want to know how much do we know? How long have we known it? Have we been successful in any way at reverse engineering these craft? And I know it's got to sound wild to people that, that haven't really been paying attention about this, but it is in fact true that we have programs to reverse engineer these craft of unknown origin, and we've had them for a long time, and now we have these whistleblower acts that essentially protect people who can come forward and tell what they've been involved in. What are we seeing on the horizon in terms of congressional hearings on this subject? We had the one set of hearings last year that got a lot of attention. Some people found them somewhat disappointing. I'm curious as to your impression of those hearings and if you know what we can look forward to from Congress in the future. I absolutely do. And it's, it's, it's really a really interesting time. So you talk about the initial congressional hearings on UFOs, and, and we hadn't had any in over 50 years. And it was kind of shocking. We had these congressional hearings. Everybody was asking about the UFO topic. And, and we kind of got this sleight of hand. Remember, it was the intelligence committees that were dealing with this. So we didn't get a straight answer. In, in fact, I would argue there was a lot of obfuscation. Like they showed one video that I obtained and released to the public. Mm. They didn't show the other eight pieces of corroborative visual evidence from this encounter series that happened in 2019 when our military was swarmed with over 100 UFOs, 10 of our warships. So that congressional hearing was great in one sense because they started talking about UFOs at that level. However, we got the total sleight of hand. So now the next step is this, having pilots, firsthand witnesses to these unique craft like Commander David Fravor, Commander Chad Underwood, people that filmed and chased the Tic Tac UFO in 2004 off the West Coast for our military, having these types of people testify in front of Congress to like an oversight committee, that would be exceptional. And I can tell you right now with 100% certainty that that is happening. Wow. I know for a fact I'm involved with that. It is happening. Well, that's certainly exciting. Do you know the timetable for that? Oh, man, I never guess even when my, you know, electric coffee pot's going to go off. So I'm not going to make a prediction, but, you know, it, it's it's a matter of months. All right. That's we'll, it. We'll keep an eye on that. You alluded to the fact earlier that these objects that are being recorded and that you've published and that other people have published are not Chinese. Uh, they're not Russian. How do we know uh, that they're not Chinese? Certainly the uh, Chinese spy balloon got a lot of attention recently and tensions of, with Russia have been escalating. What can you say to the public to assure them that the, the air, flying aircraft that we're seeing aren't, in fact, uh, Chinese in nature or some other foreign government? Yeah, so, so my understanding of that comes directly from the agencies that, that I sometimes communicate with uh, about this. So we have eliminated for sure that these were our black projects, meaning U.S. black projects. And if we take like 
one example, because for sure, there, there's always reconnaissance balloons that, you know, those have been going for over 40 years over the United States. That's nothing new. The Chinese reconnaissance balloons, that's nothing new. What we're talking about are machines that can do things that are outside of our understanding of reactionary propulsion, things that can move at 90 degree angles at 12,000 miles an hour, things that can drop from above 80,000 feet down to sea level like that snap of a finger, right? These are technologies that seem to defy our known understanding of physics, like moving faster than the speed of sound without a sonic boom. This is something that people have talked about. Former head of the CIA talked about this. This is fact. Things are doing this. So how do we eliminate that it's our technology? Well, that's pretty easy. They, they go and they ask around. There are full-on investigations for some of these cases. Now, how do we eliminate it's another nation's technology, another industrialized nation like Russia, like China? Because that would be quite scary if there was some sort of sure. technology that was so far advanced. So it is my understanding that this has been completely ruled out, that they have looked at the capabilities, the battery lives, the, just the, the fingerprint of technological development in other nations. Nobody's got this. So whose are they? It's some unknown nation we don't know. That's the thing. Talking with Jeremy Corbell. Jeremy, you're always so on top of things, so on the cutting edge when it comes to this subject. Can you give our listeners a little bit of a preview of what you're working on next? What sort of – give us a little hint anyway about what you're working on next. <laughs> yeah. Well, you can look forward to the next 10 months. I'm about two months into this podcast, Weaponized, and it's been really fun. And we've dropped a few atomic bombs. If you've been watching the, the Mosul Orb and the Baghdad Phantom, which was leaked footage from the Air Force to me of something that moves without a reactionary propulsion system. So you can expect more of that. And hopefully we work towards a crescendo. So over the next 10 months, as I do this show, Weaponized, you're going to see more and more interviews and then more and more pieces of video and photographic evidence that our military has captured of what we call UFOs, these unknowns. That's what you can expect. All right. Uh, Jeremy Corbell, it is always a treat to talk with you. I hope people check out your uh, podcast, Weaponized. There's simply uh, nothing like it in terms of what anybody is doing. Uh, they should also search for your uh, YouTube channel. There's always a lot of great, interesting stuff on there as well. It's always a pleasure to talk with you, Jeremy. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for covering this, Frank. And look, it's a really exciting time, and I don't really know what's up, but I'm fighting to find out. So, you know, keep your eyes open, man. It's going to get really interesting over the next 10 months. Thank you. We'll be uh, watching with bated breath. If you want to comment on any portion of our conversation, you're welcome to give me a call, 800-848-9222. That's 800-848-9222. This is The Other Side of Midnight. Straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight. 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 